Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. We're looking ahead to the new year, to 2010. And uh, today, last day of the old year, Colin, you were really spending a lot of time yesterday warning us as believers in the UK today that yes, we have enjoyed a measure of freedom over the past few years, but we're in danger of shrinking back. And that's a dangerous position to be in. Yes, I mean, I think there's two diverse things happening. There are those that are shrinking back and there are those that are really going ahead and moving ahead with great boldness and uh, under considerable anointing and seeing a great blessing as a result, seeing congregations increasing and the kingdom of God advancing in their particular areas and cities. So it's a diverse picture now, and we can't um, paint everybody with the same brush. We, but uh, it's, it's got to be more than just the odd church here and there that stands out as a light in the darkness. Because every church, every congregation, every believer indeed is called to be light that shines in the darkness. Let your light so shine before men, Jesus said, that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. And you see, we are the light for the world. Now, let's be absolutely honest. At this moment, can we say the church is fulfilling that call to be the light for the world, for our nations? Uh, are the nations even aware of that light? I mean, where light shines, it becomes obvious. And the more darkness there is, the more obvious when the light shines. So I think this is the, this is the challenge to us uh, as the body of Christ at this time. Uh, I'm, I'm not at all negative. I'm not at all um, saying, you know, oh, how terrible and how dreadful. I am full of, of faith, of expectation, and of hope that what lies ahead is something even more wonderful than the experience that many of us had of the move of the Spirit back in the 70s and 80s. Uh, in fact, I, I believe that, that God is preparing the way for something that just as that move impacted the church, so this new move will impact the world. But God has got to have a people that are ready to move in obedience, in faith, and in love with him so that he can use them to do that. So as I sort of contemplate this new world, this new year, I am absolutely full of faith, of expectation, of excitement about what we are going to see God doing in our lives personally, corporately, and what he's going to begin to do in the nation through the, the witness of his church. Uh, it, it's not a question of saying, oh dear, how terrible, look what we've lost. It's, it's, okay, let's take stock of the situation. Let's understand that God is the only answer, that we have to turn back with repentance, with faith, with renewed faith, with revived faith, and, and put our lives on the line and say, okay, Lord, here we are. We're your people. You called us. You chose us. You are working out your purpose in the nations, and we want you to work in us and through us in exactly the way that you desire and you planned. We don't we're not, we realize we're not just saved for our own eternal destiny, but we're saved to be the witnesses, 
to be the body of Christ here on earth that you've called us to be, to actually fulfill the mandate that you've given us, to go into the world and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey everything that you uh, commanded those first disciples. And we know, Lord, that we can't, we can't teach others to obey unless we obey ourselves. And I think, you see, when we've got this kind of attitude in our, in, in our prayer, then, then it, it, that is, comes out of the attitude we have in our hearts. And that's when we're going to see the Spirit of God moving in a new way in the churches. So I'm full of faith. I'm full of expectation, I, not just for this year, but for this coming decade. And I expect to be around at the end of this decade. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, and, and, you know, I, I'll be uh, 10 years older by the end of the, My wife turned to me yesterday and she said, do you realize by the end of the decade we'll be 80? And I, I said, well, God bless you, dear. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, what a thought. But the point is, uh, yeah, we are going to be there in faith. We're going to be there in prayer. We'll, we'll let God use us in whatever ways he can in our more advanced years. But we're going to watch this new generation of young believers emerge and come forth and be strong and mighty in God. Not just knowing how to build a church through um you know, expertise of leadership and leadership patterns and management styles and all of that. All those things can have their place. But we're going to see the emergence of really strong churches in the spirit, spiritual congregations, full of the life, full of the love, full of the power, full of the vitality of God, full of the freedom of the Holy Spirit. And I don't mind whether those are denominational churches that come alive in a new way, whether they're new churches that come into existence, whether some of the newer churches find a, a new sort of release of life and a release of, of God's power. I don't mind how God does it, but I do believe he's going to do it during these coming years. As you say, Colin, you've lived, you've lived a long life. You've seen a lot. Um, but as you said at the beginning of this week, you know, 2010, we're going to have, a, have an election, probably a new government. We're a nation at war. We're a nation in debt. Unemployment is high. There's a lot of darkness around, but this is very upbeat talk now. Yeah, it is. But I mean, uh, we don't live as the world lives. This is the whole point. So the greater the darkness, that, the more opportunity. Yes. I mean, the, the thing is that we are called to be part of the kingdom of God here on earth, to live the life of the kingdom here on earth. Therefore, to have a kingdom mentality, not a worldly mentality that sort of fluctuates with the circumstances in which the world finds itself but to keep our focus, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, knowing that then everything else will be added to us, that we will have everything that we need to enable us to be the body of Christ, to be the witnesses that God has called us to be, to be the church of the living God, to be the light of the world, salt for the earth. I mean, you know, Jesus said, look, salt... If we're the salt of the earth, we're to give taste to what is happening in our society. And Jesus said, if a salt becomes stale, if it loses its taste, what good is it? I mean, you may as well throw it away. And, and I believe the church of Jesus Christ 
needs to and is going to rediscover its saltiness. And, and it's going to become light in the way that it isn't at present. But you see, it cannot be salt and light if it adopts the standards of the world, if it allows worldliness into the life of the church, instead of the life of the kingdom being taken into the world so that we are salt and light in the world. This is the challenge. And the, the idea that we can be popular with the world is just sheer biblical nonsense. You've only got to read about the persecution that Jesus experienced, that the early church experienced, and all the warnings that Jesus gives. You know that you, as they hated me, they will hate you. They persecuted me, they will persecute you. Uh, the world hates you because the world hated me, and all this kind of thing. Uh, to, to understand that to try to woo the world and to win the world by making ourselves popular with the world will never work because the only way you can make yourself popular with the world is to adopt worldly standards and try to be like everybody else. And the whole business of the gospel is to make us different from everybody else. We are a new people. We are a new creation. The, God has delivered us from the old. He's delivered us from the culture of the world. And now he is wanting to teach us to live according to the culture of God's kingdom. It's very, very exciting because, I mean, what a wonderful call. And, and I, you know, the, the, this is the thing that never ceases to amaze me, that God takes ordinary people like us. He takes us out of all this worldliness and out of the bondage of sin, out of the deception of the enemy. He, he teaches us the truth of his word. He puts the spirit of truth within us. He makes us a new people. He makes us a new creation. He places us in Christ. He places Christ in us. He gives us the fullness of the life that Christ had. He gives us the same spirit that lived within Jesus, except now he is the risen, glorified, ascended spirit of the risen Christ. And, and he says, there you are, you're equipped in every way. Now, this is the job. This is the mandate. This is what I've given you. And you can do it. You really can do it. Because God has not called us to fail. And he's going to come for a church that is ready to receive him, a church that has fulfilled the mandate that he's given. And the gospel has gone out to every people group in the world. So that's not just a question of preaching the gospel, but of seeing a living demonstration of the kingdom in every nation, among every people group. So, you know, we are part of this great, exciting plan of God. And yes, it's obvious from Scripture that the conflicts are going to increase, the opposition is going to increase, but God's grace upon us is so much greater than whatever can happen in the world around us, whatever the enemy can come up with, whatever opposition we can experience. So as we have the faith and trust and confidence in the risen Lord, in the one who lives within us, so I believe by his mercy, by his grace, we shall fulfill the purposes of God. But we have to have a heart to do that. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 